Hello, everyone. This is Richard from Richard Listens Podcast, and thank you for joining me for another exciting podcast. Today, we will be getting into one of my favorite topics about mindset, and we will have author, therapist, Carrie Leaf, who also has her own book that she'll be telling us about on mental health mindset and holistic health. She is hailing from Des Moines, Iowa, and she is currently a practicing psychotherapist, life coach, and hypnotherapist. She holds her undergraduate degree with a minor in sociology from the University of Northern Iowa, and she's completing her master's degree in marriage and family therapy, graduating the top of her class from Iona College. She's been a practicing psychotherapist for over 10 years and working in the psychology field over 15 years. She's worked in a variety of settings, which include hospitals, community mental health, residential homes, substance abuse, military-based, college, university, and private practice. Without further ado, I'm happy to bring to you Carrie Lee. Thank you for joining us, Carrie Lee. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me. Sure thing. Did we get you on your lunch hour in between clients? You did, yes. In between and the lunch hour, we're we're getting in here, just rolling with it. <laughs> There's a new the new genre of pod matching apps. We're trying yeah. to get all the uh I had one in Australia last week, so trying to get the timing down is it's always fascinating. It's tricky, that's for sure. I'm always double checking with people. So my time, your time is what? And we're on the same page. And <laughs> yes, that's right. Everyone just finally somebody puts their foot down and says, send me your calendar. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> so Carrie, uh, marriage and family therapist, one of the topics close to my heart, holistic health, mindset, performance. Uh, you have a, a new book out. Tell us where you're currently practicing and how you've arrived to this stage of your career. Sure. Um, I am currently practicing in West Des Moines, Iowa. So that's where I have my in-person clients. And then the coaching I'm doing virtual. Virtually, I can see therapy clients in Iowa too, but that's it uh, due to licensure. Little mixture of both therapy and coaching. So I can get a different reach and um, population. But what brought me to where I'm at? That's a that's a big question. And a lot. <laughs> you know, a lot I'll give you time to think about that. I'll give you a second. But that's an interesting as a practitioner setting up where you can now virtually see clients in other states, and yet we're restricted by licensure to certain things. So I've been doing that as well with the performance coaching for sports, and it's become really important, right, to have different avenues for being able to expand different parts of, of your reach. Right. It, it's tricky when you're working with, you know, the the license and the board and the insurance and you want to keep everything, you know, I dotted and T's crossed and, and ethics and all the things. So very important to be distinct with what's therapy and what's coaching and what you're doing and what you're working on and yeah, who, who you're allowed to do that with. So good communication, which is important anyway. <laughs> do you have separate corporations or separate websites or just uh, different packages which you lay out for clients? Yeah, there's two separate separate websites and everything separate just to have that clear distinction. And, and it's still confusing either way because, you know, coaching can look like therapy and therapy can look like coaching. But as far as what people, you know, are, are going to each website for and what that's looking like, even though separate. And it's, yeah, it's been a journey to understand all of that. That's for sure. And you have a lot of different niche 
interest. So I don't know if you want to delve into them or if you're ready for the how did you arrive here yeah. from, from all of those experiences. Where should we begin, in the beginning or in the end? <laughs> yes, here, I'll just jump in. We'll, we'll just go with it. So, you know, got the master's in marriage and family therapy out in New York. And then since then have been practicing in New York, Illinois, Iowa, and not only across the three states, different, a lot of different settings, outpatient mental health, substance abuse, uh, military base, university campus, just across the board. Res- did I say residential? I don't even know. A lot of different places. I said it for you. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. And and so through all of those different places and, and populations and the different things that I was doing and working with, that led me to kind of focusing on the mindset piece and the holistic approach because it didn't matter who I was seeing and what for, all the different things that it came down to was I was going to work with them on the same core issues, building the same foundation, no matter what our ultimate goal was. And so the mindset was really realizing that no matter what our problem is, there's going to be a negative mindset belief behind that. And if we can identify that and clear that out, I'm not saying it's the the approach 100% of the time, but let's say 98% of the time, most often we can find a negative belief behind somebody's core issue that they want to work on, the problem in their life that day. And then I also have seen that we're going to have a better chance of having more progress and getting along further faster if we're looking at mind, body, spirit, and all the different environments in the client's life. So, you know, if we have that strong, solid foundation, like I've got good coping skills, I'm taking care of my body, I'm getting good sleep, I'm eating well, I know my belief system or my spirituality, my faith, and I'm, we're never perfectly balanced in all of those areas. But if we have a more solid footing, we can delve into those deeper level issues faster, you know, with more progress and and see better results sooner. And this is fascinating because, right, one would think that a military base is very different, you know, ideas about performance than you would at a residential treatment. How did you find that thread between that, you know, that, that mindset is at the core of everything? I mean, people have even told me recently, right, my mindset is tied to we talked about having some some back pain lingering for a few weeks, right? There's a belief system there that may make the pain worse or less. How did you, how did you come to this understanding in your studies? Yeah, you know, with the military base, my work was a little bit different. I was doing more consulting and linking up people to other therapists or providers. But you know, you're you're doing the initial assessment no matter what, and so you're still seeing what what struggles or what issues they're presenting. And at the end of the day, we're all no matter what we're at, what we're working with. But you know, the the mindset piece of it no matter the setting, is that it could be that we have one incident in our life that we've gone through and we've just really held on to that and not cleared that out. And it snowballed into this belief system about ourselves and who we are or how we look at the world. Or it could be a whole bunch of tiny little incidents that just kind of snowballed upon each other and again came to that 
that negative belief system that we're looking at ourselves and, and how we're viewing the world. And sometimes we're, you know, walking around with one or sometimes we're walking around with like 10 different ones. They don't necessarily bleed into every area of our life all the time. They can, you know, this side over here is one negative belief and then this side over here is a different, but oftentimes they do bleed over. Did you learn any of this from, from sports uh, or is mindset something that carries in everything we do in our life? I have been in sports most of my life. And well, I wouldn't say most because I, I didn't go on to college um, athletics. But, you know, growing up until I was out of the house and even, you know, doing my sports on my own, not organized. Yeah, your attitude and, and how you're going to look at it and your belief in yourself, definitely huge role for sure. And I watched myself either be in the zone or in my own way. And I still remember being kind of fascinated about one, one, this was a softball game, but, and I was, I was a pitcher. I loved it. So much fun. And, but you know, you're central as a pitcher and the best game, this might've been middle, late middle school, early high school, but the best game that I had had by far that stood out the most was the game that I was rushing to because I had just gotten in trouble <laughs> um, <laughs> with some friends. We had gotten in trouble and I'm like, oh man, what's going to happen? You know, this is not good. And I'm like really, really, you know, worried. And there's all this drama going on for how much, a, like, let's say eighth grader drama can have. <laughs> a drama, lot, right? a lot. I'm learning. <laughs> right? I'm learning. <laughs> all those things that matter at that age. And so I'm like making it to this game, like last second, showing up, ready to go and just have to jump into it. And that was the best game I ever had. I was in the zone because I, all I wanted to think about was pitching that game and doing that game because I didn't want to worry about all the other stuff that had just happened. You know, I had let all the mental chatter about everything else just go and dropped into that subconscious and just muscle memory and just let it go because I wanted to tap out. I'm, I wasn't aware at the time that that's what I was doing, but hindsight. And I always thought that was fascinating of like, wow, when I can just shut myself up, all that monkey mind and that chatter that I'm, I'm doing to myself constantly throughout a game and I could just be and just do, I do pretty darn well, right? And that, then like your question, that goes for life as well. You know, when we can bypass all of those judgments that we're making about ourselves, about our situation, about others 24-7, and we can, we can shut that shatter down and dip into the subconscious in the sense of like, operating off those positive belief systems and not judging ourselves, we have a better chance of, of going in a healthier direction. Yeah, I'm really wishing that for, for all of our clients for working with, you know, there's all this COVID and isolation is kind of reinforced staying in your head, giving so much judgment to each situation, which is good in the cases of safety and protection from trauma. But in trying to reconnect and get back in that flow of, like you said, going off instinct, there's been a lot of inhibition there. Yeah, COVID has certainly changed the world and the way we look at things and, and second guessing. But it's also, you know, there's pros and cons to every situation. People are reevaluating maybe in a, in a good way of who am I and what do I want to do and what's important to me. That instinct, you know, that was the factor that you're talking about there. It, it, instinct, intuition, whichever way you want to go with it, they're both crucial to how we feel about ourselves in our life and our performance as well. 
Yes. So tell us how you came, uh, the name of your book and, and how you arrived, you know, at that topic. And is it a combination of the therapy and coaching world? Yeah, the book, Therapize Yourself, can be applied therapy or coaching. It's written in therapy language, but the the basics and the, the foundation, the approach that I'm taking goes either way, like any any issue, any aspect in life, performance, sports, relationships, anxiety, depression, what have you, you can take it and apply it to all of that. And so the Therapize Yourself title, you know, kind of a couple meanings with that. I want to empower people to therapize themselves, take charge of their own mental health and, and their own mind, body, and spirit. Because no matter what, no matter if you're going to a coach, a therapist, a, a doctor, whatever, at the end of the day, you're the best expert on yourself. You're the one that knows what you're thinking, how you're feeling, all of those things. And you're truly the only one that can change it. We're just guides. You know, we're guides to help get you there. But nobody can make you do anything but yourself. And so you're really, you know, when you're healing and you're growing, you're the one responsible. You're the one not only responsible, but but empowered, you know, empowered to be able to make those decisions and, and those changes. And we are our own best self-helpers, best um, self-healers, and, and we can, we got to take those steps for ourselves. So yeah, it's a, it's a good foundation and approach for no matter what issue you want to work on. Do you find that this is a common obstacle for people seeking your help, that they are not quite aware that the answers often lie within, or maybe they need that little intro nudge to realize how impactful they can be on their own mental health. Yeah, good question. I'd say it's a a mixed bag. And even when people are aware that that nobody changed anything for them but themselves, they still want that. You know, I had a client the other day just come in and say, I just want you to tell me what to do. I just want you to fix this. Tell me the steps of what to do, you know, to make this better. And I cannot. And she knew that. But, you know, she was talking about that, that feeling, that urge of like, just make it go away. And, And a lot of what that is, is not having either the time, the patience, the energy, not wanting to face the hard work and and do the hard work or face themselves and look at parts of themselves and just wanting to jump and skip over that. And, you know, our society is so instant gratification, right? Um, Especially with technology over the last how many years. And, you know, we, we want instant gratification or we want medications to change things instantly. And there's so many areas in our life where we can get that. So really digging in and facing ourselves like isn't isn't something that's always we're jumping up and down to do but I would say some people get it and some people we have there's gentle nudges and reminders of we we got to go through it we can't go around it yeah just how power if you've never been told how powerful you are and never experienced it difficult to tap into and so we may need that that therapist or coach to keep holding us accountable yeah holding that mirror up good way to put it yeah (laughs) so you have now were you always mom to two boxers or is this a pandemic shift Oh, no. How old are they now? Seven and nine or six? Oh, I don't know. What a good mom. I don't know how old they are. <laughs> but they're pre-pandemic. They are. <laughs> so you've been, so you're juggling, you got, you got twins? Twin boys. Yeah, they're four. That's terrific. I have twins that are now 13. So, okay. Yeah. So how do you manage it? How do you manage a, a house full, you know? 
being, you know, we've been talking a lot in the pandemic, moms having to deal with kids at home, balancing life, and then caring for your clients. How do you keep it all balanced? I don't. I want to say, like, here's all the things where my life is perfectly put together, and it's not. I'm human, and it's messy, so it requires a lot of grace and kindness to myself. I would say it's definitely a benefit to know my coping skills and know them well and and be able to identify when I'm falling off track in one area and saying, oh, I'm letting that slip. we got to boost that up, but The biggest part of that is, because I'm constantly going to let things slip, right? The biggest part of that is that kindness and that compassion and that grace for myself when I do let it slip and and not let it spiral into this big self-defeating thing. It's just like, okay, get back on track. And not to say I'm not human, don't have my moments, but knowing those things, practicing those things, they sure do make a difference. You know, when I look at, you know, the me now and the the me 10 years ago without having drilled in those coping skills and those habits and that kind of thing. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up about, you know, the mindset of a healer, because, uh, you know, my, my listeners know, and my book coming out, we'll talk about, I left county work in 2015. And there was, even though we know as a mental health practitioner that, of course, it's okay to reach out and get support, it felt like it was the opposite of my role. And it takes, it was like, I knew that belief system was not serving me, but somehow it took some time to, you know, say like you have to hit rock bottom. You have to see how it's no longer serving you. How have you found, you know, in the pandemic that there are more people reaching out? How have you kept the boundaries uh, to the greatest approximation of healthy? Kind of similar. There, There is that mindset, and I've struggled with it uh, for a long time of being the healer. And so if I need help, whoa, that's, that's how, you know, that's a problem. Or the, the fraud and the imposter syndrome, like, you know, um, so there's all the logical things, like you said, like, I, I know I'm still human. And even just because I have the textbook, you know, knowledge and the practice experience does not make me you know, not human, that I'm not going to mess up or need help or or whatever. And, you know, I've watched myself be resistant to my own therapy for a long time. And then I've watched myself slip off and say, I don't have the time or the money or whatever to do the therapy. And so I would say in I definitely got more back into it and more consistent with my own therapy throughout the pandemic. And so, you know, that was really challenging. It was and is really challenging that same belief system that you're, you're talking about. And so, but, but a benefit that's been a, you know, that's been a pro that's come out of it for me, but not easy to get there. Yeah, I think it's a unique thing, you know, uh, now we have like Facebook therapy consultation group or, or just finding a consultation group as a therapist, someone else to talk to who's like, are you experiencing what I'm experiencing? Because it's been this very unique two-year period where all of a sudden, like my office was closed overnight. So all of a sudden we're living in this virtual world and it was a gift for things like we're sitting here right now via podcast. I think I went all of a sudden from recording one a week to like three a day at one point. So there were gifts, but all that experience of getting connected even around a water cooler to other therapists or being able to talk about a reaction or an experience or just have somebody else to go get a walk around the corner with was taken away. So I'm hopeful for for endemic, for conferences. Yes, you know, just some face-to-face experience with other 
practitioners in the field that can, you know, just share that they're in their humanity and create that community of support. I think community is what gives a resilience. Yes. You know, I, I have turned to a lot more. We have kind of a, a text chain of private practice providers in the area. I think there's about 19 or 20 of us on this text chain. And it really is reassuring. You know, it's mainly been for referrals and, hey, I th- is there a specialist in this area? You know, things like that. But to hear or put out there like, I'm swamped, I'm tired. I don't know what to do about this situation to people that, you know, can relate and then have them come back and say, I'm struggling in the exact same area, just that relatability and that confirmation. And, you know, that that has been helpful, you know, not to feel alone in it and isolated. And, and you know, it taught me too just to ask for help, not only by going to therapy, but just to ask for help in any, in all the small ways too, like, I can't keep up with my scheduling. What scheduler do you use? Or, you know, just uh, emails, like all the little things asking for help. And so getting more comfortable asking for help in general and, and seeing in that relating to what other people are going through. Yeah, I was going to ask if you had somebody who helped managing the two separate businesses or keep somehow referrals organized. How do you get support? Yeah, so I have hired my own coach. So not only am I going to therapy, I'm getting coached. I'm doing all the things because it is too much, right? And I do need guidance and I need assistance and support and someone to turn to. And yes, it is, it's a lot. And I definitely have talked about what is good for my own mental health and balance in my life between work and life and, and what, how many clients a week does that look like in a caseload, you know, because I've got to be my best to be able to give the best to my clients as well. And so really sifting through all the different environments of my life, business, finances, family, you know, all the things And my business coach and my therapist are looking at separate environments in different ways. And so it is interesting to see how much they overlap. And yet there's differences that, you know, like, oh, that therapist would have never brought that up. And my coach would have never brought that up. So it's been good. (laughs) It is hard work. It is extra. And I've made the investment myself for the last four months. And and it's something that I know I met a, an orthodontist from Canada, and apparently they get a six-month business training after they graduate. And I was I was jealous. I was like, nobody taught us how to open S-Corp or LLC or all these things about your taxes and how to process different lines of business and ethics, right? It's a really complicated journey into becoming a practitioner. And I'm glad that there's resources out there. But business is not, that's not in my skill set. When people ask the superpowers to become a therapist, uh, right, or or not, like, know how to track your Excel spreadsheet. So I'm thankful to have someone who holds me accountable to, right, taking a look at that. That question is one that I'm asking constantly. What's the right amount of clients? What's the balance between giving the maximum to the world and taking care of ourselves and being balanced? I think that's fluid too, right? That's based on where we're at with life. But yeah, I, I think I avoided a business coach for so long and just did it messy and was spinning my wheels sitting here like, you know, wanting to learn and educate myself, but also having no time to learn and educate myself. <laughs> and, you know, so yes, the business consultant has been crucial um, with getting some 
Traction. Did you read that book, Traction? That's a good business book. Oh, I haven't, but I yeah. it'll be going on my list. <laughs> there you go. It's it's more about corporations, but it's funny. Yeah, I keep getting these these referrals of things to help think differently about tracking uh, who's working for you, what role they're in, because uh, it's about getting the right kind of support too. Sometimes we have people around us and uh, they're not necessarily helping us grow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So where does the future, what does it hold for you? Where are you going? Are you book, book release, publication? Where, um, do you see the coaching taking more of a focus? Where would you like things to go? Oof. So the book was released in October and I would, and I had a lot, I don't consider myself a writer. So that was interesting, you know, um, process and, and growing and learning. And I would like to develop more of that side of myself, not to say that that was necessarily like a creative side, but it's a different side to me, I, I generally so many clients and it's client after client after client. And I have learned, you know, for me to feel the most balanced and fulfilled is that there's variety in my day and what I'm doing. And so I like doing some therapy. I like doing some coaching. I would like to create more time for writing. I would like to just go down those little different avenues that give me a little more variety and, and mixture into my day. But that is easier said than done when you are trying to balance all of your life and parenting and, and my own finances and my own budget, you know. So it's chipping away slowly but surely at what does balance look like for me and how can I make that work, whether it's five years or 10 years or maybe, you know, one year. And so I think I, I think that the business model is on a shift. We'll shift a little bit here. What exactly that's going to look like, I can't tell you that yet. I'm in the I'm in the mix of that. I'm in the middle of that. <laughs> I know it's exciting, right? It's like you know we're creating a business over here while we have a full caseload. <laughs> it's not easy to do. It's not easy to switch hats. No, I see about 25 clients a week and, you know, I got to drop off kids, pick up kids. Uh, I have a lunch hour to eat. I had, I've got to write case notes. I've got to go to doctor's appointments, um, dentist appointments. So the free time's an issue. And, and that is the one that I have been chipping away at the most of what business model allows some more free time to find that balance and other things that my life will feel more fulfilled and in balance in that way and, and less stressful and less, you know, that I, I, I have to do this to get this result. And, and you know, I, I want to find a little more flexibility and, and bring that stress level down. Yeah. I mean, and some of that is like outsourcing, right? I learned how to use Fiverr and Upwork. Yeah. <laughs> so you can be in your doctor's appointment and somebody else can be launching your book for you. <laughs> right. Right. And <laughs> you... I, yes, I've gone down that route and then, then realized, oh, I don't like to give up control and I don't necessarily trust, you know? And so that has been a journey too. So right. and that's the business consultant has come in of helping make good decisions so that I'm not just jumping in blind trust, you know, that I'm making good decisions, picking good people, you know, learning how to do that process effectively and efficiently. And, and that's, yeah, that there's questions 
emotions and thoughts that would have never crossed my mind as a therapist, you know, that in the business world, he, you know, has opened my eyes to. I like how you were really clear, Carrie. You were like 25. That's my number. I mean, because now I'm like, you know, how's Carrie going to get lunch today? If she sees all her clients and the pick up and drop off. I mean, it's, it's a lot being a parent and being fully present and still being fully present for yourself and your clients. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And, you know, I I talk all day or I listen all day and and there's a point where you just kind of get tapped out on that and you're just like, I'm my brain fried and I do not want to be fried for my kids and my husband and my family. You know, that's that's not the version of me that I want to give them most often. And so that is my responsibility to look at, okay, how can I shift? my own mindset, my own roles, my own, you know, systems that I've set up. And, you know, it's not easy, but I'll take that on. I'll I'll keep working on that to find a better balance. What's a fun tip or tool? Do you do something? Do you blast the song when you get in the car? Do you have a meditation? What do you do to help you, even in a small way, just gather? Yeah, walking. That's a huge one for me. Um, Anything that brings in mind and body. You know, I would love to say I sit down and meditate 15 minutes every single day. And, you know, that would goal on my to-do list, but I, I haven't ever gotten there. So walking is kind of my meditation that I suppose, you know, as I'm thinking and I'm processing and, and moving the body, that bilateral stimulation, and, and that's where I clear my mind. I'm not saying I come up with all of the answers, but I'm clearing that from my mind and body as best as I possibly can. And honestly, you know, I think it's overlooked so much, but like trying to eat well, and I'm, I'm really big on getting my sleep. Like I like my sleep and don't mess with my sleep. <laughs> and I think that that pays off, you know, I tell people seven to nine and I like, to, I like to get like 10. <laughs> wow. That's me. That's me Friday night. Yeah. I, if, if nobody comes and gets me, I'm not moving. I can just yes. be in there. I have a blanket. I've got two books going at a time. And uh, <laughs> if the shepherd doesn't come find me. Then, yes. Uh, yes. And so just, yeah, knowing your your go-tos that help you decompress and, and healthy go-tos, I should say. <laughs> Yeah. So ask clients, you know, initial assessment, what are your coping skills, you know, and how often they will throw me their coping skills, but it's eating, it's alcohol, it's TV. And it's like, well, yeah, it, you're trying to cope. We're just, <laughs> you know, we want the healthy one. So. Right, right. Some are more effective or have less of a side effect than others. Right. So I noticed you also do EMDR. You mentioned by little stimulation. Maybe just a little bit, you know, on how clients can help themselves through movement. How, how have you discovered and what do you talk to your clients about? Oh, yeah, that's, that's a big area that we could go down in a lot of different ways. And there's, there's a lot of pieces of that that I am not trained in the way that I want to be, that I have a basic understanding. You know, if you read the body keeps the score or if you, you know, have looked into polyvagal work at all or, I mean, like even the emotion code and how about, you know, feeling 
get trapped, emotions get trapped in the body and, and gut health. I mean, on and on, you know, of how our, we got the three brains, you know, we have our brain, we have our heart and we have our gut and they're all learning. They're all constantly learning. And so that mind body connection is just crucial. And we overlook a lot of things in that area. So knowing that I could do all the, the work on my brain and my, my mindset and my mental health all day, every day. But if I'm putting fast food cheeseburgers into my body every day as well, I'm not going to see the results and the benefits that I want. If I'm eating sugar 24-7 and then wondering why I don't have energy and I'm irritable, you know, we're going to have a problem there. We've got to, we've got to connect on every area. And now it's got me going about, you know, movement and bilateral stimulation, the importance in dealing with these things that we're holding on to in connecting through movement, we kind of reorganize. Yeah. But you brought it to another level, which is also yeah. what you put into your nervous system, right? You know, who we're connected to, this feelings of safety uh, around ourselves, right? It's not enough just to be right. Oh, I'm going to, the power of positive thinking, and you're in a toxic relationship or work environment. It's going to be really hard to right. feel, you know, happy. Yeah. Right. So the importance of con the importance of connecting them all, whether it is, you know, when I say physical, that absolutely can be moving, walking, getting your body going, yoga, but also what you're putting into it. Are you getting enough sleep? All of those things. So at the end of the day, it's the mind body connection. But that movement that, you know, that's how EMDR, she discovered it walking down that 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 trail in the woods and her eyes glancing back and forth and that combination of that that physical movement and the eyes moving back and forth while while processing thinking on things and that was that that was that I guess you know trifecta maybe of, of everything coming together and, and getting clear thought shutting down that mental chatter and and just dipping into um, that subconscious and that intuition and all of that so I definitely yeah. encourage that yeah, Francine Shapiro, you're referring to, uh, you know, one of the founders of EMDR. And, and as a personal practice, we'll sit in my backyard of a lemon tree and we just allow your eyes to go. You know, you could be thinking about very stressful things, but just allowing your eyes to go where they want to go, allowing your body to move how it wants to move can be, you know, starting with the body can unlock the healing. It's not always you know, we get these levels of where we need to go and really dissect my thoughts and thinking. Sometimes the body shows us oh, where we need yeah. to go. And and I see that. So, I mean, being one myself or was, still am, something, but an overanalyzer. And when I get my clients that are overanalyzers and, you know, think too much, it's important to bring that in with all of my clients getting in tune and in touch with their body and, and coming back into the body. And you have this emotion, where do you feel it in your body? You know, that's crucial, but especially for the people that want to stay up here and just, you know, hamster wheel around the same issue, like they're going to get an answer the longer they think about it. Like I said, me being, having been one of those. Guilty as charged. That's what I'm going to say. But I have definitely <laughs> learned, you know, okay, let go, dip into the body, come back into the body because the overanalyzing hasn't panned out well for you. Yes, that, that connection and, and getting in tune with the body is big deal. Well, Carrie, I know you're a busy practitioner and uh, you've got many sessions to get back to. Tell us, for those of our listeners who'd like to learn more about you, I personally think you're going to make a great softball coach someday. 
<laughs> if you're not already, uh, maybe sports psychology is down the road when more time opens up. Uh, but yeah. tell, tell, tell all our listeners, you know, how they can get a hold of you, get a copy of your book or just get a hold of you. Yeah. So the, the website that has the most information on it would be my coaching website. That's carryleaf.com. That has links to the book, to the podcast that I've been on, all the things there. So carryleaf.com. And then I am admittedly not the best with social media, but if I'm going to post, it's going to be on Instagram at carryleafcoaching. So those are going to be the best ways online to check out what's going on and how to get a hold of me. Thank you so much. I really think focusing on mindset, examining our belief systems. Uh, we know about, you know, fixed mindset, growth mindset, a lot has been out there. And I really appreciate you opening that up. But I think that even after an experience like the pandemic, we can kind of not even consciously have shifted towards feeling closed off, really separate from people based on a lot of different lines and closed down. And so I hope that you will reach out to professionals like Carrie, be open to exploring, opening, and just seeing, even just recognizing what mindset we're holding on to. Forget about having to give it up. Just being aware that it's there might be the first step. Carrie, thank you so much for taking time for us and for your clients and all you do uh, in Des Moines. And uh, we hope uh, we can have you on again in the future. Well, thank you again, Carrie Leaf marriage and family therapist from West Des Moines, Iowa, sharing with us on mindset, uh, her experiences growing up, coming into a variety of settings and expanding practices in both coaching and therapy while being a dynamic mother, spouse, and author and businesswoman. So really profound. It's always inspiring to me to see therapists who are growing, changing, and pushing themselves to be healthy, talking about the triune brain, the different models of both what we take in in our environment, what the food uh, is that we are ingesting and examining how all that interacts with our thoughts and our everyday interactions. I'm Dr. Richard Olberger, clinical psychologist, and I thank you and appreciate you. Please like, listen, or share this podcast. If you can, check out my Patreon page.com, patreon.com slash Richard Listens, or Instagram, Richard Listens. Hey, you get the theme. We appreciate all your support and interest. We're now up on iTunes, Spotify. If you're interested in therapy, teletherapy, any kind of consultation, please don't hesitate to reach out to me through my website, richardlistens.com. I'm happy to help and support in any way through any kind of strain, support, or isolation you are going through. We are here to alleviate strain and suffering. Thank you all for tuning in. I'm Richard Listens, and I'm out. Thank you.